Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a sleeping bag. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. I was kind of a manny for a while, believe it or not. One of my early tutoring clients really, really liked me. It was an older couple. They only had one daughter that they had adopted, and they loved me around. They loved having me around. They loved having me hang out with the with the daughter. She was in fifth grade, so I was, it was like 23, I think. So I was like this big brother, and they they would actually have me do a lot of things with her. So the mom would call and say, hey, can you take her and her friends to the swim pool and, you know, work with her on swimming a little bit? And I was like, I mean, I guess I'm a, I'm a tutor. They're like, it's all right. We'll pay you whatever. I was like, oh, okay, I guess. So I became this high-end Manny where I would take, uh, I would take this girl and her friends to all kinds of different places, which was great. And we would go to the, uh, I remember we went to the aquarium in the city it went to uh, I actually went on vacation with them one time we went down to uh, to seascape which was awesome we did you know roasted marshmallows and stuff on the beach I cooked them pancakes in the morning I, they got me my own suite it was awesome I was like this is actually really fun and the mom asked me a couple years in working with them if I would chaperone this class trip they were doing and they did this class trip to Catalina Island and it was awesome. Like I actually, I did go with her for the first year and I got paid to do it the first year. And then the next two years I went unpaid because I just really enjoyed it. And I like working with kids, you know, sixth graders are awesome. They're, especially when you get them out of the classroom and you get them in their element and they're running around being ridiculous. It's a really good time. And if you have a good group of kids, it's totally worth the three days. You know, I felt like I was doing something. Plus I got to hang out with the other teachers that were older and awesome and chat with them and, and glean insights from their experiences and stuff. It was great. So I do this trip and the mom, as there was like a planning commission or excuse me, not a planning commission, but a planning meeting about the trip. And the mom asked the headmaster who was also going to go on the trip. She was like, Hey, can I buy you a sleeping bag? And he laughed. He says, no, no, no. I, I'm set. I got my own sleeping bag. Don't worry about it. We were sleeping in cabins, by the way, um, but they didn't have blankets and stuff. You had to bring your own sleeping bag. They had bunks, um, you know, mattresses and stuff. So I thought I thought that was kind of funny. But one of the moms, a different mom who I saw at a lot of events, because, again, I was taking this girl kind of all around a different mom made a comment about that. And she said, you know, we have a saying. I think she said uh, an old Jewish saying, but it's not it's not a terribly unique concept. She said, you know, giver never meets receiver. The giver should never meet the receiver. I was like, huh. And she wasn't talking poorly about the mom and the sleeping bag. But what she was doing is saying, you know, this woman does give a lot. She does. She absolutely does. She donates a ton to the auctions and she donates a ton to all the fundraisers. And she really would have bought this guy a sleeping bag had he said yes. But this particular mom's issue was she was like, you know, she kind of makes a big deal out of it, though. Like she doesn't quietly ask the guy on the side, hey, do you got a sleeping bag? I'd love to get you one as a gift. You know, she asked in front of everyone. And and this mom's position was, you know, I think she's kind of doing it to be a little showy. And I don't think that's right. I think, you know, giver should never meet receiver. And I thought about that a lot. I'm like, well. Maybe, you know, and I don't know. I don't know for sure. I was pretty young and I I didn't even actually see 
the interaction um, this this woman was telling me about it, and I actually heard about it from the headmaster as well. Then he was like, yeah, you know, she, she asked me about this sleeping bag, and then the other mom said something. It was apparently a thing. But I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly how that went down, but I can see 100% where they were coming from. And, and again, this is, was in an area that had a lot of money. This was a private school that cost a lot of money, and there was a certain level of, I guess, a flex and being able to to throw money around. I mean, this, this is a private school where people were donating tens of thousands of dollars every year on top of their, you know, I think it was $30,000 tuition. So it was, it was pretty intense. But I've been thinking about that, that concept a lot in the past several years because I have been attempting to help people, okay, and attempting to help people in a lot of different ways. And I watch or I model a lot of how I help people off of what I, what I've seen my dad do because my dad, who is a medical professional also helps and has helps currently and has helped many people, um, to sometimes to his own detriment. But I've been thinking about a lot because as I've been attempting to do it, it has been very, very difficult and I'm trying to figure out why either it's impossible to find people to help or if I do find people to help, there's always a question of why. Why are you doing this? And then take it a step further and you get, okay, I found somebody to help. They're willing to receive the help. But then all of a sudden, all of these other problems come along. You know, I had, I had this girl that I was working with pro bono from one of the high schools. The high school I had identified her. I had no idea who she was. I just said, send whoever you want to class. I have these spots for you guys. You figure out who needs them. And they identified some students. The people came to class. And this one girl, I have all these snacks in my, in my classroom. And she wouldn't just take snacks. She'd take boxes of snacks. And she wouldn't just eat them in class. She'd literally, like, take them home. And she would grab tons of food, not just like a cup of noodle on the road, but like a box of Girl Scout cookies and a couple cups of noodles and then like all this different stuff. And I was like, you know, I'm trying to help, obviously. And, you know, I'm down to to buy whatever snacks you want, but it just kind of felt weird that she was taking so much stuff. And I, I've been talking to my dad about it over the last several years about what to do when I'm helping people. Because a lot of the times I end up getting this really weird experience with people. Where it's it's like I gave them something and then they just try to supersize it, right? Or I gave a little and then they asked for more and more and more. Or I gave some and they were happy with it and then like the next year they're like, hey, so you're going to do this again, right? It's like, what? And I started thinking back to my time working with the family and I started thinking about the sleeping bag. And I don't think that the idea that giver should never meet the receiver is a one-sided thing because it's very easy to understand that it is distasteful to show off how philanthropic you are, right? To brag about it and be like, I'm going to buy this guy a sleeping bag. I'm going to do all this night stuff. Look at me. I donated all this stuff, right? Like that's, that's not great, right? If that's your intention to be showy with how much you're giving, even though you are giving, I can see people getting bothered by it. But I don't think it's just one way. I think the giver never meets the receiver also protects the giver because every single time I've tried to help someone, it becomes this thing where I'm locked into doing it well beyond what I wanted to, right? The original intention. And 
almost every time it's like I get this weird experience with people where they all of a sudden when I'm trying to help them, they think I'm shorthanding them somehow. It's kind of like, wait, what are you talking about? I'm working with you for free. I I told you I'd give you X number of sessions and now you're trying to get more sessions out of it. Right. Instead of being happy about it, it's kind of like, well, you know, I really thought we were going to get more than this. I thought there was going to be a greater impact than this. I thought whatever people think. And it's such a weird thing that I realized, no, no, if I could have donated anonymously to help people, I would have been far better off because I would have been protected from that kind of disdain from the receiver, right? I would have been protected from the people that are frustrated that I gave someone I didn't keep giving. I would have been protected from people who don't understand my perhaps financial situation or personal situation and they're just mad that I'm not performing in the way that they would want me to or think I should give more than I have, whatever it may be. But the giver never meets receiver finally has made sense to me. It's not just disgust with somebody's enlarged ego over their donations. It's actually a kind of insurance It's a way for somebody to give and continue giving, feel good about the gift. I gave this. They don't know it was me. I'm happy I did it. And we move on with our lives. One of the first times I saw my dad do that, we were at a restaurant, a sushi restaurant in, it was like Tahoe. Must have been at least, I I was like 21, 22. And there was a group of 20-something-year-olds. I think they were recent college grads. And again, I noticed them because they were, you know, 22-year-old girls, and I'm here I am 21, 22, and they were obviously having a birthday. We weren't sitting near them. We were across the restaurant. But I had noticed them, and they were making a lot of noise because it was a birthday. And my dad very quietly spoke to the waiter and just said, hey, I want to pay for their entire dinner. And the waiter said something, and my dad shook his head. He was like, no, no, no. Just here's the card. I want to pay for it. I don't want them to know who did it. And that stuck with me. That was almost two decades ago. I still remember it. I remember seeing the waiter go over and tell the girls and them having no idea who did it. And man, I I wasn't even the one who paid for their dinner. But it made me feel good to be at the table with somebody who did. The giver should not meet the receiver. And at the end of the day, it might be better for everyone. I'm Matt Todd, and this is Union That Drives Me. Go out and crush it.